the Minnesota Park System <clears throat> was just rated for, I don't know how many times, uh, the best park season or park system in oh, the I, United States. I would not doubt it. We've won this award multiple times, and we have retained the award this year. Um, secondly, <laughs> we let uh, Lisa and I are hoping to go to a state park to hike around on Memorial Day, right? Um, and we were on the website looking at all the state parks, and there's a lot of state parks. On uh, the website is super helpful. It's like an interactive map. You can see how big the park is, what features it has. You know, if it's open for day use, if it's open for camping, etc. Um, and we were curious about how many state parks uh, Illinois had. You know, just coming from Illinois, Illinois in the same region of the United States, we're thinking they probably have a lot too. Um, so we pull up their website which looks like it hasn't been updated since approximately 2006. Um, (laughs) The interactive map, quote unquote, was a downloadable PDF that didn't download. Uh, So I'm with you, Noah. The Minnesota park system just is better objectively than anywhere else. Anyone who's listening to this outside of Minnesota, come to Minnesota. Welcome to the Q4 Podcast, the only podcast you can find hosted by Anthony, Noah, and TJ, where we discuss our favorite places in the world. It's Minnesota. Exclusively Minnesota. Exclusively Minnesota. I'll throw St. Louis in there every once in a while, but it's it's Minnesota. And that is why we only talk about Minnesota sports, but probably not going to talk about Minnesota sports today. We've got other things to talk about, because the world of sports... I was about to say it's crazy. It's not real crazy right now because nothing's happening. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it anyways. Uh, yeah, we're just going to open the floor. Do we have do we have topics for today? Do you guys have uh, have things you want to bring up? Discuss I've got with a the few world? things. Um, kind of, sort of. They're they're kind of small topics that can get thrown in together. Uh, there have been some proposed rule changes both for the Major League Baseball season, NFL season. Um, and just wanted to uh, talk to you guys just about uh, rule changes. I, I know I'm dropping this on you right here, so uh, no, you didn't do any research in advance. But uh, <laughs> the main one that I'm, or the main two that I'm looking at, are universal DH for uh, Major League Baseball and the new uh, onside kick proposition that's getting traction in the NFL. Have you guys heard of that one? No, no. So instead of teams doing an onside kick they would instead get a fourth and 15 and they could either so if they choose to go for it they're trying to do that onside kick they need to convert that fourth and 15 if they do they get the ball back and so if they don't basically you know the the defending team who would have been you know trying to uh recover the onside kick um Regardless, they would get the ball back in a normal spot, but if the offense makes it, they also then get it where they would have gotten it if they had recovered the onside kick. And then also, it's, you know, a little more exciting and a little more feasible for them to actually convert it. Because I think, what is it, around 
5% of onside. No, that seems high. Um, but it's a, a very low percentage yeah. of onside kicks that are recovered. Well, okay. <clears throat> I really like I like this rule change, actually. I think that's a lot better than what we have now, especially considering the recent changes to kickoffs with no running start. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think that lowered it down. There was what? There were, I think it was less than 1% of onside kicks were recovered this season. Like, mm-hmm. it was not good <laughs> because you can't get a running start. So, it's kicking the ball to the defenders and then having to sprint 10 yards to a ball that's already there. Right. Doesn't work. Uh, so, I like this. I also think onside kicks in general are kind of dumb. I would rather a fourth and 15. That's more exciting to me than trying to see someone drill a ball into the ground and just hope that it comes up. Um I'm also in the camp that kickoffs are kind of dumb. So I just like any way to avoid kickoffs and avoid a uh, useless injuries and B make the game more exciting. I am down for. Is it so I'm, I'm reading an article about it, about like penalties and stuff like that. So let's say it's fourth and 15 and I'm on offense and I end up scoring a touchdown. Is that just like me recovering the onside kick and running it for a touchdown? Essentially, yes. Okay. And so it, it, it just adds that, that extra layer of excitement. I mean, it's, it's another... Uh, if you're going for an onside kick, it means you're probably down, but still probably in the game, and it's at a point where you can't afford to turn over possession. And so thinking of that opportunity where... You know, it, putting your best players out there, getting your quarterback out, letting him, you know, throw to, to some of your best wide receivers. Thinking about that and then having that opportunity where if you see a team, let's say they're down by three with, you know, 30 seconds left in the game. They go for this onside kick or they're, they're, they get their fourth and 15 and they go 75 yards to the house. That would be so much be more awesome. exciting yeah. than, you know, watching your kicker come out and intentionally kick a ball poorly to the other team with a near zero chance of getting the ball back. Yeah, it's so it it removes the fact that if you are down by two possessions late in the game with the, r- the rule changes to kickoffs, you cannot come back. It's not possible. Yeah. Unless you're like in a Super Bowl and play for the Patriots or something like that. Well, yeah, not everyone that. is somehow in control of the <laughs> laws of physics. So, <laughs> so this is this is interesting. Do you is it possible to do like the Pat, the Pat McAfee? Oh, we're kicking off and still do an onside kick. Like that, that I there's don't no know. reason. There shouldn't be any reason to not be able to do that, right? Because it's it's like a normal kick, but you're just kicking it short and then recovering it after it goes 10 yards. So there shouldn't be a... Because I think you might see an increase in doing that. Like uh, the Saints did in whatever year that Super Bowl was. Like coming out of halftime, they just onside kick it and recover. Like why? That That should be allowed still, right? Why not? I would you think I mean? like there's there, you can't have a rule against someone kicking the ball badly, right? 
Yeah, so that I think you might see an increase in that too, which could also be interesting. I'm I'm all for this. This I agree. Kickoffs have gotten really boring, and like yes, they've eliminated injuries, but also, what's the point of kicking it off? You might as well just give it to them at their own twenty-five. Yeah, if you're gonna because, remove all the injuries from the kickoff, just get rid of the kickoff. I would also be right. in favor of this NFL. If you're listening, just get rid of the kickoffs. They're dumb. They're bad. The only time. It's exciting is when Cordero Patterson is back there. And he doesn't play and for the Vikings then, anymore, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, um, I think, TJ, you were showing me this video from uh, SB Nation, um, you know, making an argument to remove the kickoff. You know, it, it, whenever you think of all the exciting return touchdowns, more most likely they're going to be punt returns. Mm-hmm. And so keep the punts and punt return game in there because that is – inherently safer and more exciting to watch than the kickoff and just get rid of the kickoff well kickoffs if you get if you score on a kickoff it's usually in a straight line like you follow your blocks to the outside and you go like there's no even kickoff returns for touchdowns aren't exciting i watched the video the chargers put out they were like man look at this he really did that and the kick return he got it at the back of the end zone and then he ran in a straight line and then he scored a touchdown. <laughs> I was like, this, like, w- while you're in the game, it's exciting because you score. It's not exciting because of what happened on the field. What happened in the field was inherently boring. So, At least like, from the returner's perspective. Like, yeah. the blockers just did what they were supposed to do, and then they scored. Blockers do what I they're think- supposed to do, and plus the fact that kickoffs, mo- more often than not, result in you getting the ball at the 25, whether you return it or not. The it leads to thing, extra energy injuries because you've got guys running full speed, headlong, down the field into their blockers. Yeah. Useless. The only thing that makes the kickoff exciting is you get to see one guy run really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, that's, and, and you see that on punt returns. You see that on almost every single play of the game. So, oh, the, whole yeah, fo- the whole sport of football is predicated upon... A guy running really fast around other people. Yes. <laughs> yeah, when you when you boil it down, that's kind of what it is. And that's great. Little, but it doesn't have to happen all the time. Yeah. A little cool. interesting thing, uh, a little stat bringing this back to the onside kick change. So from 2013 to 2017, the five years before the NFL implemented rule changes that made the onside kick significantly harder, Teams successfully recovered an onside kick 16.3% of the time. Last season, NFL offenses that needed to gain 15 yards, uh, running plays on 3rd and 15 or uh, passing plays on 4th and 15, they were successful 15.9% of the time. So that, that success rate is almost identical. So basically you're, you're keeping the balance of the game fair. You're, you're, you're maintaining the balance of the game, but you're just exchanging a not-so-exciting play for a very exciting play. Yeah. I'm also really excited I, for teams with really bad defenses because now it's just like not only if you were up, you had a good defense, you have a bad defense, it's been a shootout, you can't win. I'm sorry. You're just not going to. They're going to score, yeah. and then they're going to get the ball back. Imagine what Bill Belichick could do with this rule against a team with a garbage defense. They'll never get the ball. 
Right. He will just, score 128 points because he will get it. He will score and then he will just it will just do a fourth and fifteen and he will get it every time. The other team will and never I, touch the ball. I how want that. Dem- how demoralizing to the other team too. You go, oh, we just scored. You know what? You are so bad that we are gonna take a chance to to convert a fourth and fifteen and then go score again just to show you how bad you are at defense. I like it. I like that change. I think that's a good one. It's a good change. Much better than the universal DH. Universal DH, Rob Manfred, stop it. I can yeah, stop that. I can I can understand implementing it for this season. Just, you know, with, with the real realigned divisions, you know, mixing NL and AL teams together in, you know, a unified central, west and east division. It it would just make things so much easier. So I, I, I'm on board for that. After for this that, though, only? I, what was that? For this season only? For, for this Is season what, only, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think it should go back, although I am a little bit nervous because if, if it goes well and, you know, there's just the I, – I don't know the best term for it, but once you change something, you know, it's really easy to say, eh, that was okay. We'll just – stick with it so you know who knows and, and and there was already momentum for the nl to get universal dh anyway so i i'm nervous that once they make this change for the shortened season they'll just decide to not go back yeah that's because it'll be more work to go back and i or at least it'll be just more change to go back and i agree i we've talked about wanting to keep the pitcher in there before and I don't know. I could see it for this season, but I don't want it to change. I like it. I like how how it is. And from a players' union perspective, I mean that creates fifteen highly paying jobs at the major league level. Yeah. Adding fifteen DH slots to each NL, or adding fifteen DH slots to all NL teams, one each. Um, and so it just it gets more people paid, gets more people playing time. So I can understand why players would be on board for it, you know, particularly if you're uh, a struggling or a player who struggles with defense but has a hot bat. You know, I think of uh, the, the the Rays outfielder Jose Martinez, who was formerly with the Cardinals. You know, he could rake. He was one of the Cardinals' best hitters during his time in St. Louis, uh, but he had a a minus defensive rating, and so he he's the perfect DH candidate, and so adding a DH slot would get him time playing. I mean, he, he's on a team with the DH now, but if he were St. Louis, wouldn't be as inclined to trade him if they had a DH slot where they could put him. So there are players it, who, who would benefit from this. Yeah. It, it opens up doors for the, the veterans too, like the Albert Pujols and the, like, I think of Nelson Cruz, like you're not going to put Nelson Cruz out there to be a fielder for you full time. Hey, like, Nelson Cruz could play bat. center field if he really wanted to. <laughs> yeah, but but no one really wants him to is kind of the, <laughs> the thing I'm getting at. But I it opens up the door for uh for these guys who are older too, I think, and just can their body can only handle going up to bat three or four times a game and either hitting a home run or striking out because they're not gonna stretch a single into a double or anything. But <laughs> yeah. I like to reiterate I it would be fine if they did it this season because everything's going to be different this season, but I 
would just love to preserve that kind of old school interleague play theme of keeping the pitchers batting in the National League. Hmm. But that's just how I feel. No, and what I'm, do I know? I'm what what do we know? We're just a couple sport. guys with a show <laughs> with 18 listeners now. Woo. We welcome. Apparently, well, we welcome new listener. <laughs> you're getting we're, a shout out. Tell your friends. New we're glad that you're listening One. to the Q4 podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes and rate our show five stars. <laughs> Great. I actually don't know if we have 18 listeners. It's just, it's just what Anchor estimates because it gives us the average count for each episode. Ah. Joke's on you guys. I listen to the show 18 times every time we publish one. <laughs> I mean, that's All fine. your listener are belong to me. We, <laughs> <laughs> we make content solely for ourselves. We're glad that if you're listening to this, you enjoy it. But really, this is this is for us. This is yeah. our podcast. This is our podcast. We don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> we do so care about have, your listeners of course we love you <laughs> um keep staying on the baseball theme i have uh, a question kind of just a topic i wanted to talk about um and i might be totally just ignorant to what this job completely entails but i used to coach baseball i coached baseball for like four four years and uh my one of my best friends is the head coach and I was the assistant coach so I would deal with like pitchers and catchers and then I would coach first base while he was on third base tell me there is not a better position and correct me if I'm wrong but then being like a first base coach in the MLB like I, I don't mean to in in the wrong way talk about how much of nothing this job does but other than timing the pitcher what does a mlb first base coach do uh he waves his arms down or up to tell you to slide or run through but you don't actually slide at first so he doesn't do that yeah like he's a first base coach so he's just saying come on get here run fast the ball is almost here (laughs) and then puts his puts his arms up to say safe every single time it's a close play Uh, but other than that what do they do Master strategy. It like, doesn't. I, the first wa- base I want coach, to do that. The first base coach uh, translate or translate or transmit the manager's calls uh, for right-handers. If your manager, if your dugout is the left side, I, that's a good. I, I don't think know. So, yeah. Yeah. So the manager's telling you, you know, bunt or hit to left field. The first base coach gives that to you if you're a right-hander. Okay. So you got to be so, good with signs. And that's only when you're at home then, right? Because usually the home team's on third base side. Away team's on third base side. Oh. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, that is 81 games of the year, so. Yeah. Yeah, but like H- the half other. Half the time okay. he's doing something. The other half, half he's the just, time he's doing yeah. something. Sitting there shooting yeah. Got to be there to keep up appearances, <laughs> though. Well, how would it look if your first base coach was only there half the time? <laughs> I mean, how awesome would that job be, though? Personally, I would great? love to be a third base coach just because I want to wave my arms emphatically as someone's rounding third. Go, 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 go. Coach, it's and, a home and run. And just running go, down go, go, the third baseline with my, uh, 
I will always tell my players to run through. It's like, coach, <laughs> that was a bunch. They're going to throw around and go, 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 go. <laughs> Singling into a, or <laughs> crowning into a double play and <laughs> go, sending go, him through. <laughs> Dude, okay, okay, okay. I just looked up, okay, okay. Are I you, just looked up how much base coach is made. Base coach position. We're not trying to use facts here, Anthony. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. Okay, third base coaches make around 130 to 140 thousand per year. First base coaches are in the 100 thousand to 110 thousand range. Dude, if I if what you're telling me is I have to be able to read and give signs. For 81 games of the year, I have to be able to hold on to uh, batting gloves or maybe like uh, an ankle guard or like an elbow guard or something. And then other than that, I have to time the pitcher sometimes. Yeah. So if those I are have, my job responsibilities up right now of what okay, first please. base coaches do. And again, I don't mean this to be negative because I think that'd be awesome. So this but, is the, the MLB.com. Official. Are you on the MLB.com glossary? Yes. Yep, the I'm first base the coach thing. stands in foul ground just behind the first base, ba- base bag and helps relay signals from the dugout to both batters and base runners, like I said. First base coaches often assist base runners in picking the appropriate time to steal a base and alert base runners as pitchers attempt to retire them via a pickoff throw. <laughs> That, that's just some funny first way to base say it. coaches can make up to three hundred and fifty thousand. No, one hundred and ten thousand. Pitching coaches can make up to three fifty. We should be pitching coaches, you guys. Throw the ball you hard. To, you're I, responsible for a lot there. Yeah, well, my my coaching strategy when it comes to pitch coaching is like, hey, you throw a fastball. Yep. All right. Throw it. Do it. Do, <laughs> okay, do the fastball. Do it. Throw it do as it hard as you you're can. Doing. Like, I see you're throwing your fastball 98 miles an hour. May I recommend, as your f- pitching coach, uh, throw it 99 miles an hour. Maybe make it a little faster, you know? <laughs> Add it's more not spin. called a slow ball. It's called a fastball. Make <laughs> your it fast. curveball, just, it just needs to spin more, and then it will curve more, because that's how it works, I think. I watched a YouTube video on this once. Science. <laughs> Although, to be fair... Um, I think the proper steps towards our future goal of owning the Houston Astros is uh, first base coach to get ourselves into the league, right? So we got three different teams, three different first base coaches. But then we have to combine together as the first base, third base, and hitting coach for the Houston Astros. Okay? Yeah. From there, we consolidate power into becoming the manager. All right, we are a three-headed monster at manager, and then I like we organize a coup. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we overthrow take, ourselves? We over? No, we overthrow the owner. I thought oh. we were the owner already. No, yeah, we're I the we manager. Would try owners. Oh, so this is, this is separate from our uh, ploy to own the own the Astros. No, this is our ploy to own the Astros, that we have to overthrow them before we can oh, own Oh, so this is how we're we not get buy there. Okay. We're, we're not making money. We're not going to buy the Astros. Are you kidding me? I, no, do I thought the force. plan was just when everybody was getting fired, they just put us in as a... As <laughs> a we just we just walk in and say, hi, when do we start? Now? Perfect. Hi, we are the new managers. 
<laughs> we are the new owners of the Astros. <laughs> no, you're yeah. not. Yes, we are. That's And you're fired, so. <laughs> you're, you're fired. You don't believe us. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I think first base coach, I get to... I get to hang out with an MLB team. I get to eat sunflower seeds. I get to uh, just shoot the S with the manager and and all the coaches and then the players. And I get to travel with an MLB team and make six figures. See, I think being an umpire would be the best job in baseball because nobody can tell me I'm wrong. I have the right to throw you out. If (laughs) If you tell me that my opinion is wrong, you don't get to play baseball anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I've decided I have taken away your ability to have an impact on this game anymore. Like I said it was a ball. You think it's a strike? Oh, see ya. You're gone. I'm, I'm sorry, but you need to leave the stadium. Legally, you're not allowed to be here anymore. I make the rules. Get out of my face, Mike Trout. So basically, you're just power hungry. Oh, yes. This is why saying. I want to be manager of the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think umps get yelled at too much for me to enjoy that. I've been yelled at enough in the field uh, for my current job, and it, it hasn't been a lot. But okay. enough okay. to know that but, I would not be able to handle being yelled at constantly. By but people. imagine that if, while you're in the field, someone yells at you, and you have the right to fire them. But you have then a, and a, there. You have an ethical responsibility to the game to not just start throwing people out because they called you a mean name? Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I interpreted those ethics a little differently. (laughs) I'm running through this through the lens of virtue ethics. If you're not virtuous, you're going to call me a mean name. You're not going to play baseball. That's how this works. Thank you. Can't you just see see it? It's the top of the second inning. It's 0-0, and the defense can only field five players because TJ has just been, you know what? Right fielder, did you just kick the ground? Hey, you're out. You're gone. Get out of here. Don't do that anymore. like a first grader. I'm going to treat you like a first grader. Get out of the baseball stadium. Leave. Goodbye. Just the Lou Piniella of baseball umpires just you're going to pick a fight with the managers instead of them coming out to you (laughs) i I make a bad call manager yells at me i walk over to the dugout and i fight them and then i throw them out i instigate and then i throw them out (laughs) oh man i would tyrannical umpire i would make a point to never throw out ron gardenhire he would never (laughs) be ejected from a game in my no. in my house, he will be the last man standing on the Detroit Tigers. He will not be thrown out. Uh, <laughs> okay, this this kind of segues into my second-ish oh, really? question. So a little bit. Um, so we talked about like first base coach and third base coach a little bit, right? Um, what do you think out of the? I, I'm just going to throw hockey out because hockey's not going to be the answer for any of us. Um, out of the three major sports left, so baseball, basketball, excuse me, and football, okay? Out of those three sports, it's a two-part question. Which do you think would be the easiest for right now, today, you to go in and be the manager? Which do you think would be the easiest? And then which would you want the most? Does that make sense? Which one no, do you yes. take out? So, uh, not hockey. 
Okay, or good. should I put hockey in there? You know what? Very much the most like, difficult. I would not. Okay. I would not be able to do <laughs> yeah. hockey. I like, think, which uh, do you think you would have the the least amount of issue with as far as transitioning into that head coaching role? Wait, is this oh, head co- like what head coach? Is that what we're? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. Being All a right. head coach. I think easiest for me and I'm going to say this with a huge grain of salt because compared to all of the coaches in all of these sports I know next to nothing um, but I think I know the most about football strategy uh, so I think it would be easiest for me to transition into a, a, a football coaching role I think I would want to coach Oh gosh, baseball or football is a toss-up, but I think I think baseball. Just being at the ballpark all summer and and it, it's a smaller group of guys. I mean, it's still a a, a large team, but a, a smaller group of guys. It seems more close knit. Um, and yeah, and just you know, being able to work for half the year instead of you know just you know, September through January. Because in this scenario, I, I'm coaching the Cardinals, and we're perennially in postseason contention. Whereas with the Cowboys, <laughs> I would for sure be leading the Cowboys to an eight and eight record, and we'd be eliminated. <laughs> Without a doubt, that's hilarious. But hey, at least I'm better than Jason Garrett. <laughs> that's true. I don't know that that's true, but I'll let you believe. I do. It. <laughs> I do. Hey, I believe. There is no 100%. way you can prove it otherwise. I I can think of ways we no. can give you the Dallas Cowboys and we could see how that how that works out. Thank you. I I would very much enjoy that. <laughs> so we're going to own the no Astros would... and you're just going to give me the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to own so Texas the, actually. The plan is to own sports by the end of 2021. <laughs> um either through oh revolution God. um rising up <laughs> In, in ways against the ownership, or simply by gifting it to ourselves. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, I think I would, I would choose football in this scenario, um, just because, yeah, I think it's the one I know the most about. Um, I've actually thought maybe one day being a high school coach would be fun. Um, yeah, I just think it's the sport I know the most about in terms of strategy and in terms of how it works on the back end because it was the only sport of these four that I played a little bit. <laughs> and I only played a little bit, and I wasn't very good, but that's more than I played of the other ones. So I'm, <laughs> that's, that's the one I know the most about. There we go. Yeah. it's. I was, I was thinking just because I wanted to, like, think about which sport the head coach has not the least amount of responsibility but like different responsibility in terms of not making the major decisions so like in football you have your offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator which usually are the play callers yeah for offense and defense right so like there's there's times when my ignorance takes over and i'm like well what is the head coach even doing then like, is, Mike Zimmer the holds offensive... the paper over his mouth, and he's just, like, talking. He's just but chatting. But he calls, 
He's he calls his stuff. defensive plays, doesn't he? Isn't he the defensive play caller? Or wasn't he like he towards is, the end he of the is season? He's the defensive play caller. Yes. Yeah. He, so like, I mean, if, the head coach in football, I mean, they work with the offensive and defensive coordinators for strategy. So it's it's kind of a team effort, yeah. much like most and team I wonder, sports. I wonder if it's like, and maybe this is more just asking a question about head coaches, but do they like if? Stefanski, when he was the offensive coordinator, was like, we're going to run, you know, this awesome play. And Mike Zimmer's like, no, you're not. You're going to run it up the middle. Mike Zimmer then, puts the paper over his mouth, shut up. You're dumb. You're going to run this play. Yeah. And then is, do they, like, is that the play or does it go to the offensive court? You know, I don't know. And then I was thinking about. Kirk Cousins uh, just has his earpiece in. Stefanski and Zimmer are just arguing with each other. <laughs> I don't like, like it guys, when my dad's eight seconds. you guys. <laughs> there's eight seconds on the play clock. I need something here. Gotta, you got to give me something. You're either doing four verts or you're running up the middle. <laughs> yeah. Got to make a decision. Know, just, yeah. Kirk, this is So I don't you. know. There's interesting dynamics in each sport and then each team about what the head coach has has say over and and all that but i think uh i would probably choose basketball just because oh man that's a surprise mr <laughs> basketball coach right just because th- i have a like one percent of knowledge about the game compared to zero percent in the other ones they hope your um, players are not listening to this <laughs> well it's like relative to a nba head okay, coach right. <laughs> like I, I feel like I know a little bit about the game that I coached. Yeah, I, I feel a little confident in that. But at the same time, it's like I couldn't just walk into the Clippers and be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. I have the 50 plays I could just draw up right now that will work guaranteed. Imagine being smart so, enough about a sport that you could just walk into a professional team and be like, hey, I've got ideas. Yeah, and that are different than the normal, and then they work. Like, that's pretty crazy. That's the dream. Head coaches are smart. I don't know. Being a baseball manager would be pretty sick too. Yeah, I would. I you would just, again run the same way that I would run my umpire business, in that I would always fight <laughs> the umpire. <laughs> I would never make it through a game. I would not have a salary because I've been fined so many times. By <laughs> you have a one hundred percent ejection rate. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had a game in which I have not been thrown out of. Even if I don't get thrown out during the game because we win 10 to nothing and there's not a bad call, as the final pitch is thrown, I run onto the field and tackle the pitcher just, <laughs> just because I can, just because it'll get me thrown out. I See, I feel like, I, I don't know if I can speak for Noah, but out of, at least between you and me, TJ, I feel like you are a thousand percent less likely to do that than I am. And I, you just don't seem like the person that's going to go run and scream and get in someone's face without laughing and without saying, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to walk away. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't there, know if I could take you seriously. Like I, I would absolutely get thrown out of a game just because I want to get thrown out. Like I would throw a chair at the ump. And start screaming at him, but about halfway through, I'd be like, "Man, I just this is so funny to me." <laughs> See, I'm I'm the kind of person who like, if I were managing a baseball team and my my player starts yelling at the ump because uh, the ump called the strike when he thought it should have been ball, it was an out. I'm I'm gonna run up to the ump and like aggressively ask like, "What was that?" 
um, or what just happened, and the ump's going to say, you know, it was a strike, and your your guy thought it was a ball, and I was like, you know what, I'm still yelling at him. I was like, you know what, I apologize for my player's actions. You have every right as, as an umpire <laughs> to make that call. I apologize. You have a good day, sir. And then Storm, so it, like, I keep up the appearance <laughs> of yelling, and it looks like I'm standing up for my player, but in reality, I'm just a total pansy, and I'm and <laughs> throwing my player under the bus and apologizing for the ump. <laughs> And your player is standing right there, and he hears you. Oh, yeah. And he's like, "What? what is this guy doing? What, <laughs> who is this man in charge of my baseball team? And how did he get here? Because we certainly didn't hire him. <laughs> and then you say, you want to ask questions? You, you want to you start talking smack? Well, I'm also the owner. So now you have lost your contract. You're being traded tomorrow. I'm the owner of a tomorrow. different team. I own the Astros. I'm the manager of the Cardinals. So. <laughs> yeah. you, got, you got some uh, some stuff to figure out if you're going to yell at me. <laughs> Probably a minor conflict of interest there if you're the owner of the Astros and, and manager of the Cardinals. <laughs> that seems like a conflict of interest. No, it's not. Because the Astros don't get to have that anymore. They should lose <laughs> 162 true. games a season. And whoever owns them and can do that to them deserves to. Yeah. See, we need, we need, like, suck. the MLB, Rob Manfred really wants to just destroy a team because he can't levy, like, huge punishments against them without blowback, but, like, needs to destroy them. That's where we come in. We are the enforcers. Yes. We come in as managers. Rob Manfred appoints us as the managers of the Astros. And we are able... We, we don't need to break people's salaries. We don't need to take away draft picks. We will destroy that team by our blood, sweat, and tears. Our hard oh, work yeah. mm-hmm. will ruin that team forever. No, oh, yes. one will, no one will go to the games. Before the All-Star break, too. Like, we can, we can turn this thing up. I can, I we can, can give, go. I can give a guarantee... MLB, if you're listening, you can hire us. For teams that break the rules and need to be punished, appoint us as the managers, and they will lose every game and have zero (laughs) fans by week three of the season. (laughs) That is our guarantee. Oh, Oh, pitcher has a perfect game. He has a perfect game through the third inning. Let's go to the bullpen. Let's switch it up. Hey, you're not supposed to be doing this well. We're gonna we're gonna make a position player pitch. You haven't even worked through your bullpen yet. Yeah. Well, guess what? Jose Altuve cheat. starting this game as pitcher. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm going to uh, give my topic now. We're going to switch from baseball back to football. Uh, I saw some trade rumors floating around, um, and I wanted to, to ask you guys, because we're still in the offseason. It doesn't feel like we're in the offseason. It feels like football should also be canceled right now, but we're still yeah. a ways out from the start of football, so it's still happening, sort of. So there are trade rumors going around. Some interesting ones, some not so interesting ones. I want to get your guys' thoughts on, A, are there any trade rumors you're buying into right now? And B, if you could orchestrate a blockbuster trade, what would it be? So, I spent more time researching this question than I think I've done for any other question on offside sport or on uh, Q4, solely because I wanted to give an answer that wasn't Cowboys related. 
<laughs> and the only one that I could come up with, and it's not even, you know, a, a this was big probably two or three weeks ago, uh, but Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette. Apparently there is a, a rift there, uh, and there were rumors going around that Fournette possibly could have been traded earlier this offseason, but recently the GM has come out and said that Fournette is a part of their plans moving forward, so I don't know the likelihood of that one going through. Um, but, uh, I mean, Fournette had a, a great season last year, a uh, rush for uh, 1,100 yards, only three touchdowns, but a, a 4.3 yards per carry average, had 76 receptions on 100 targets, uh, so it was a, a good all-around back. He's only 25 years old. Um, so he would be a good good target for teams to go after if they needed a, a solid running back. Um, but, yeah, it, it just seems like the market for Fournette isn't there, that the Jaguars are, are set on, on keeping him. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my, my actual answer for this one. Uh, Jet safety Jamal Adams for yeah. about two years. <laughs> has been linked to the Dallas Cowboys uh, through through for a trade. Um, he's very disgruntled with how the Jets are, are handling his contract situation and repeatedly has said that he would like to go to the Cowboys if things don't work out with the Jets. And the Cowboys were really close to making a deal for him at last season's trade deadline. Uh, but the asking price was was too high from the Jets. I think they wanted two first round picks out of the deal, and the Cowboys weren't willing to to give them that. But I don't know. I think really right now that seems like at least it was the only trade that I could find that seemed like it was there was some semblance of feasibility to it that it could actually happen at some point. I don't know if it will. He's in the last year of his contract, so I think the Cowboys, if they wanted to acquire him, they. He, he has expressed interest in going to the Cowboys. I think they'd just be smart to to wait through this year and then sign him as a free agent if they wanted to. I saw yeah. one rumor for Jamal Adams that was unsubstantiated. There's no like there's no inklings from the teams or anything happening, but it was an interesting thought. Vikings, Jets, Harris for Adams. Safety for safety. Uh, just because Anthony Harris seems fine with his franchise tender, he seems fine not having a super long-term deal in place, just playing the game. Jamal Adams wants to have a long-term deal. We know the Vikings like long-term deals for their defensive backs. <laughs> so there was, there was a suggestion that it might just be a straight-up trade for Anthony Harris for Jamal Adams. Strong safety for strong safety. One who fits with the Jets not wanting to sign a long-term contract and one who fits with the Vikings wanting to just keep the same defense for eternity. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's that's kind of like a flip of a coin, right? So Jamal Adams is young. He's 24. Do you, do you lock him down for six or seven years and hope he's... Well, the guy and, and the Jets have no. They're in no rush to to re-sign him to a large deal, and they 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 don't really have to trade him because he actually he has uh, one more year left on his contract, and then a fifth year option. Um, and then after that, the Jets could theoretically franchise tag him up to three times. 
So without signing him to a a multi-year extension, the Jets could have him under control for a maximum of five years still. So that there really is no, the the Jets don't need to rush into a a deal with him, or they don't need to rush into a deal with another team to trade him. I think it's it's dumb. I I don't like how the franchise tag works, and I think you know players should be able to get their their multi year pay, multi year contracts. They should be able to get paid like that, um, and not have to face the franchise tag. But overall, it, 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 that's just how the situation is right now. So the Jets could feasibly keep him. Until he's you know twenty nine thirty years old, which is just weird. Like it's it, very that, weird. Just with all of those kind of like under the rug things, right? Yeah, but that was the, that was the big thing that I was seeing too. Like there was um, this one, and then in Seattle, the Seahawks just signed Carlos Hyde, and they were in talks with signing uh, Devonte Freeman, but then. They ended up signing Carlos Hyde, so Devontae Freeman is now a an eligible target for someone who wants a broken and battered running back. Um, but other than that, it was that, and then of course the the Joe Flacco news getting signed <laughs> to the to the aforementioned Jets, and uh, another one which I thought was arguably more hilarious was that. The Seattle Seahawks signed Geno Smith to a oh, one-year contract. Interesting. And I saw that, and I said, that's a typo. Geno Smith's still in the National Football League, but Seahawks officially signed QB Geno Smith to a one-year deal. First question is why. Second of all is how is he still in the league. And third of all, why? Why? <laughs> What is the point of that? Uh, answer for you, two-quarterback system. Dude, Geno can't Smith you find someone better? Playing in the, imagine a shotgun formation with Russell Wilson and Geno Smith to his right, Carlos Hyde to his left. Okay? He could either hand it off to Carlos Hyde, he could keep it and throw it, or you could hand it off to Geno Smith, who will also throw it. It's like a like a quintuple option. <laughs> yeah. A- another uh, little thing here. The Seahawks did sign Geno Smith last year, too, around this time. They signed him on May 15, 2019. Uh, he competed for a backup position and lost, so he was released by the end of training camp, but then was re-signed the next day as their backup. <laughs> What? Whatever. I mean, that's just crazy. I didn't even know he was still in the league, to be quite honest yeah. with you. But, hmm. Yeah, that was the the big thing. And and I don't know if we – I can't remember if we talked about this last week or two weeks ago, but um, you guys all saw the story about um, the Browns potentially trading the number one overall pick for Russell Wilson. Yes. Oh, no. Like – this was, uh, and this was two years ago before the draft when Baker Mayfield ended up being the number one overall pick. Like, can you imagine Russell Wilson being traded to the Browns? Oh my gosh, I that would think be 
so crazy. I think that may have been the spark that burned Cleveland to the ground if that happened. <laughs> I don't think today we would be talking about the Cleveland Browns. We would be talking about what was the Cleveland Browns and what <laughs> was the city of Cleveland and maybe even what was the state of Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> what used to be... A, we're down to 49 states. Ohio is just gone. It's just... It's been eliminated completely. A desolate wasteland in the middle of the eastern midwest yeah i don't know it'd be that would be weird i'd it'd be interesting to see what an established so that got me thinking like what would an established quarterback look like in cleveland because the tools are there is like is baker so much the problem that if they just got a like proven quarterback they'd be playoff contenders like i don't know but hard to argue if you put Russell Wilson anywhere that they're not automatically a playoff contender. Tom Brady in Cleveland. <laughs> no. Next like year. The, and then, and then I thought of that and I was just like, you know what? No. Like don't. Just please uh, okay. don't do that. Okay, the Tom Brady revenge tour is starting. Um he needs to do kind of the the Brett Favre right where he plays for three or four different teams after he quote unquote retires. Brett Favre only yeah. played for two, but uh, I would love to see Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady wants to prove his longevity. He's going to play for every NFL team. One season <laughs> piece. He's going to play for Tampa Bay. Next, he's going to play for Miami. That, that's another take over to his spot, and then he's going to move uh, to New Orleans. You know, mentor Taysom Hill for a year. It, it, if uh, we play this out, that that is another seventy years. That's old. another thirty years. He would be seventy-two yeah. by the time he finished. <laughs> if he wants to prove TB12 and the <laughs> the worthwhileness of his pliability workouts, he will play until he is seventy. <laughs> that's the only the, the only, only criteria. He will be the first player. To die on a football field. <laughs> he he is not going to retire until the legal retirement age. <laughs> he's going to be on Medicare before he retires from football. I mean, he's got to be eligible for those retirement benefits just so he can make sure he's got that steady stream of income before he retires, man. That's just yeah, that's that's a smart. Of income because the being... $800 million he and his wife have earned so far are not enough. Right. You talk about how much, how many millions of dollars he's earned. How many millions and millions of dollars has Giselle earned in her life that, like, Tom Brady doesn't even need to work right now, and they'd be set for generations. Just crazy. Uh. And here, and here we are, all costing society money just by our existence. <laughs> us three. Our negative net worths. Just our negative net worth giving. <laughs> Giving society the balance that it needs, really. Like, if you have, That's if you have Tom Brady and Giselle being worth so much, you got to have us to balance it out, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It comes out but, at, a, at a nice even zero. Between Tom Brady and Giselle, uh, their estimated net worth is about $540 million. Woo! Dude. That's almost that's- my net worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Almost. Can you, like... That I I think I've said this before, but a hundred million of anything is so freaking much, dude. That is so much. <laughs> like that is ridiculous how much that is. 
Oh my gosh. You could use that to buy two billion gumballs. Yes. That's a lot of gumballs. That's a lot of gumballs. You could buy That's a, a lot you could of buy gumballs. A gumball for a third of the human population. <laughs> <laughs> that, that amount of money. Uh, you could probably buy the Astros from us yeah. for that amount of money. Oh, yeah. I would sell the Astros pro- for that I'd much. Sell Are you it. kidding me? For sure. I'd sell the Astros yeah. for probably 50000 I was going to say I'd sell the Astros <laughs> right. for like a good yeah. milkshake. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. We're coming out on top. After our coup, if you give us any sort of monetary income after that we're we're making a profit so <laughs> it does, it's not the, like we the war has already the been won at that point <laughs> yeah. uh, oh man to the sports that we love so much we're gonna end up being the detriment to all of them usually no we're goes. just gonna be the natural evolution it had to happen at some point Anthony. <laughs> that's true we're just <laughs> expediting that process <laughs> in the words of the thanos we are inevitable and i think uh on that it might be time to close out today wow this was a short episode i mean we had 20 minutes recorded before we started this recording still we're at our our standard hour and 20 minutes no that's fair also, hashtag Do you have Roma anything to add, Noah? Hashtag Romo2020, hashtag GoBrons, hashtag Teddy Got Signed, hashtag SpoofBoof, hashtag Kevin. We didn't think ha- okay. of Chargers wait, hashtag. Wait, 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 wait. Ready? Did you Ready? think of it? Hashtag, and this might, this might be stupid. This is not part of the hashtag. This just might be stupid. Hashtag Jolt the Bolt. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, Anthony, that's I'm sorry good. to inform you, but you have been that's removed good. from the Q4. <laughs> that is good, huh? I thought about that this morning, it's and I was like, you know what? Jolt that's the great. Bolts? It, at least it's better jolt than the bolts, dude. Plug me in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we're we're behind the Chargers. We want them to be successful. We want to give them that little that little energizer. Jolt the bolts, How dude. Jolt the bolts. How about instead of giving them a hashtag, we give them the opportunity to sponsor Q4. <laughs> That's probably better for us. Better for us. I don't know Just, if it's better for them. It's probably know. better hey, for Jolt Chargers, the bolts. Which would you prefer? We market the crap out of hashtag plug me in, or you sponsor the Q4 <laughs> podcast. Those are the only two options here. Today's episode the of the Q4 in your podcast court. is brought to you by the Los Angeles Chargers. LA Chargers jolt the bolts. <laughs> like that sounds great, dude. Come on. That <laughs> sounds fantastic. Jolt the bolts. It's because I have a slight but present Minnesota accent. Jolt the bolts is a difficult thing to say. Oh, you got to just like the really leaning into it. Jolt the bolts. <laughs> oh, I just... jolt those bolts. <laughs> You guys have no idea how how much I'm working to (laughs) prevent the accent from really taking over this hashtag. I think that makes it our own, though. Exactly. But here's the thing. a nice little Minnesota touch to it. They're a Los Angeles team. Do you think they want a bunch of guys with really thick Minnesota accents giving them their marketing? (laughs) Hey, they've got... Hey, hashtag Jolt the Bolts, you know. 
They've got <laughs> the perfect opportunity to take over the Rams as LA's primary team. They're going to want to get as many people on board as possible. So if we become Minnesota ambassadors for the Los Angeles Chargers, I think they'd be on board for that. I yeah. I do. We, I follow the Los Angeles Chargers on Twitter, and when I look on, you know, the who's following this team, right, or who's following that you also follow, the two th- people that I follow that also follow the Chargers are the Daily Norseman and the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, so see? the relationship is built, I yeah. suppose, but. I still don't know how much they want their marketing coming directly from Minnesota instead of L.A. But I feel see, like L.A. looks at us in a different light. It's it's Minnesota marketing for Minnesota fans. We're not doing their entire national branding, their their national do, advertising campaigns. Do you think the Chargers just, really want us to market for the team that should be everyone's second favorite team? Hey, Like, hey, we're Minnesotans. Well, we're Vikings fans first, but like... If you're rooting, rooting, oh my gosh, if you're rooting <laughs> for a AFC team, root for the Chargers. They that, can be that, your second favorites. That can be the tagline. Everybody needs a, a second favorite team. Today's episode of the Q4 Podcast is brought to you by the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers, everybody needs a second favorite. <laughs> well, hey, they're they're competing for it in L.A., so why not? Why not just So they can be the second best team in L.A.? That. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. They're, I'm They've just, got the opportunity to become the best team in LA. I think they already are because the Rams can just go die in a hole, um, right? But uh, I'm saying in order to do that, they need to have a a national base, and so why not let Minnesotans who know Minnesotans advertise to Minnesotans? Hey, Los it's Angeles, true. we I, have 18 listeners on this podcast. We are the most popular podcast to come out of Minnesota. We think I haven't I haven't checked. I don't hey, have the facts, but I think eight, we're the most popular. That's 18 more fans than they would have otherwise had. Exactly. See, I don't know and if that's it's true. Free because marketing if they're listening to this now. podcast, they probably already know about the Los Angeles Chargers. Like, I feel like no one's listening to this podcast. I'm hearing Los Angeles Chargers and be like, oh, I haven't thought about them before. I'm not saying that they haven't thought about them. I'm just saying that maybe we have the influence to say, hey... These guys are good. Also, the Rams suck. So if you're going to cheer for an L.A. team, it should be the Chargers. And hey. No, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but we definitely do not have that influence. (laughs) You never know. No, I do never know. know. I know for sure. Also, seeing as I am all 18 listeners to this podcast, we for sure have that (laughs) influence. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hashtag Hashtag #RumbleTheBolts. Hashtag Rumble 2020, thing, hashtag Go Browns, hashtag Teddy Got Signed, hashtag Spoof or Boof, hashtag Kevin, hashtag Jolt the Bolts. It's just beautiful. It's a perfect end to it. I love it. From all of us at the Q4 Podcast, from Noah, Anthony, I have been TJ. Thanks. Baby.